Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. The Cassidy TV Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. Yep, this is it. It's time for the Custard TV Podcast. Hopefully you're all well, hopefully you're listening, and hopefully you are ready for this TV podcast. Let's introduce the people that are going to be here. I'm Luke, editor of the TV.blogspot.com, and I'm t- <laughs> I can just see things flashing on my screen. Joined by Gary. Good evening. Uh, I'm Gary. I'm uh, the TV editor of a website called VultureHound.com, uh, and I also have done various TV and apprentice-based podcasts as well. You worked on making yourself sound interesting there, and I appreciate that. I did. That. I tried very hard for you there, Luke. I would have struggled. Uh, and also uh, the token woman with with interesting input, Tanise. Um, hi, yes, I'm Tanise. Um, I write for <laughs> the Fister TV on occasion um, when uh, when Luke is nice to me, which is quite rare. Um, and um, I also write on um, science and scepticism. And if you're wondering and which article. If you're wondering which articles Tanisha has written, just look for the ones with the nasty comments at the bottom, and I they'll come to you. Look for the ones you. that are the highest on the sidebar. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, but sorry. I'm, I'm happy that you use the podcast to unmask yourself. <laughs> so basically, how this is going to work, um, we're going to run through the best and the worst on the TV at the moment. There's an awful lot on uh, that that I think warrants three people talking about it uh, and then we're going to do our own little sections Denise is going to talk about soaps Gary's going to delve into US television and I'm going to tell you what is worth avoiding and worth watching in the coming week on your talking television so uh, first up is something that I know Gary hasn't seen it was on Friday, it was Derek uh, it's a new Ricky Gervais vehicle and of course if it's written by and directed by Ricky Gervais that also means he has to play the lead role. That was possibly my my main problem with Derek. I like the idea. I think Life's Too Short was a huge disappointment and Derek was sort of Gervais back at a level where I can appreciate this humour. Um, and Tanise, we haven't discussed it but I know you, you have strong views on it. I do have strong views. Um... And um, so, did you? Um, when are we going to invite our, our guest speaker in? 
Um, okay. After we've had yeah, a if he, we have a guest speaker on this, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ricky. Oh, I'm only joking. Wouldn't that be great on the, on the first podcast? <laughs> Can I just say that the reason I didn't watch Derek is because life is too short. <laughs> Classic comedy. That was a joke. That, that, was, a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> and that's why we have Gary on the podcast. <laughs> That's why I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't seen any television, but he's here for comedic value and comedic value alone. Oh. Well, okay, so we'll, we'll, um, our special guest, um, Tamsin, has, has a different view um, to me on this. Um, so I'm going to preempt her arguments um, and put her on the back foot. Um, so I hope she's not listening. I don't want to um, hurt anybody's back feet. Can we just make that a rule on the podcast? We hurt nobody's back feet. Um, okay, so Derek has really split opinion. Um, there's the disability campaigner Nikki Clark, who interviewed uh, Ricky on her blog, and she, she obviously seemed to think it was um, worth watching. Um, Tamsin um, likes the way the older people were portray- portrayed. Um, and then uh, in the Daily Mail yesterday, there was the parent of an autistic child who said that he hated it and he thought it was a cheap shot. Um, so for those, who've, uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's about um, a man who works in a care home um, for, for older people um, and he's supposed to be um, a very nice, simple chap. Um, he, um, Ricky Gervais has said that um, he, the, the character of Derek is not learning disabled, he's a fictional character along the lines of uh, Mr. Bean, Baldrick, and, and Father Dougal. Um, I love how you compare Derek to Dougal. I would have never thought to do that. That's, that's, what, he's, that's, that's what he said. Is that Ricky's um, words? That he's just he yeah, should be Father I, Derek. <laughs> I mean, this this is I think that's quite disingenuous um, and a really good way of sidestepping criticism. Um, and I think if there hadn't been massive uproar. Then he would never have said that. I mean, would would this have worked better ten years ago, though? Um, and are we are we becoming what people say is um, too PC? Um, but I think being politically correct is not just being politically correct. Um, it's just a term that suggests we're not really we're not saying what's really on our minds. We're just talking around a subject and and doing our best to mask our inner bigots. But for me, so- being PC is thinking about other people's feelings so let me get this just lay your cards on the table what did you really think what what i mean did you find derek offensive because i I really didn't find it offensive in any way well i didn't find the aspects of him playing the character learning disabled or not um an issue to be honest because people do play the disabled rightly or wrongly um you know all the time you've got um you know, obviously the classic film Rain Man with Dustin Hoffman in it. Um, I know Sean Penn's done a movie where he played someone who who was disabled. Um, and they and they win Oscars, and that doesn't bother me. And it doesn't bother me that he's doing it after the wrong comments, um, because people make mistakes and they learn from them. What I found was I found it really cynical and condescending. I thought it was badly acted. I thought Carl Pilkington was not very good. Um, and I also found it abjectly miserable. Um, I saw the slapstick of the sitting on the custard and falling in the pond um, coming miles away. Um, and to be honest, just cynical. It was deliberately made to pull at your heartstrings. 
Um, it's good to show real grief and it's good to show what an old people's home might be like and it's good to show um, old people as, you know, as people too. I mean, we, we forget the old. I think what would have been really great was to make the old people the stars of the show and um, actually make a show about older people. Um, you know, put Gervais and Pilkington in to get the crowds in um, and then give the best lines to the older people. You know, I, not with stereotypes, but... But I, I think what was good about it was it wasn't Ricky Gervais playing Ricky Gervais. Um, it, it, I made the comment that... is that, that why you liked that, it? Well, no, because I made the comment that um, Derek is the sort of person that David Brent would make fun of just to because it might have got him a cheap laugh. And um, yes, I, I thought, agree with that. And Derek... I just I found it surprisingly moving. I didn't expect to to uh, to find it moving. I think somebody else could have played Derek, and probably I would have felt the same way if if the the script was still the same. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think it deserves all this criticism it's getting because I don't I, really I'm think it hurt anybody. It for for the for the fact that he's playing someone who's learning who's learning disabled or not learning disabled or or just an idiot, or just a bit simple. That doesn't bother me at all. I, f- I just found it really miserable. I, you know, it's billed as a comedy. It didn't make me laugh. No, I think that the funniest bit was... As it's really hard to think of the funniest bit, because some would say that the funniest bits were Carl Pilkington's bits talking to the camera, but those were bits like that I felt like I'd seen a million times before. Mm. Um, and wasn't great. What did you think of... Gervais using his normal mock documentary style for this. For this will be the third the third time that he's used the mock documentary. Do you well, think, think it, it would? Have, well, do you think, think it would have benefited without being like that? Because I I thought it worked quite well. Because I can imagine a film crew discovering somebody like Derek and putting him on screen. So I didn't have any problem with that. No, I don't have any problem with that. And I think that you would. Um, the people who did find it um, moving, and, and, and that's great, and that's great for them. I don't think they would have felt it was just as moving if it had have been kind of a, a straight sitcom or whatever. I think the, the fact that it's it's couched in those reality terms makes it that more poignant, and that's but, where I think the exploitation comes from. Should we, but should pe- we bring in Tamsina for her views at this point? Please do. Yes. She's, yes. Border yeah. to Nice. Yeah. Really, let's let's let's. Well, no, I think I think let's get a different view because I think it's good that we've got two opposing views. Let's get a third in there. So, I'll add Tams in here, and uh, and hopefully she'll be able to give us a different view. Of this thing. I hate I like that the I way. haven't seen it. Hello, Tamsin. Hi there. Hi, Hello. Denise. Welcome, you right, darling. I'm good. <laughs> Um, Nobody's so, called um, me darling at all throughout this podcast. I'm very hurt. Oh, I'm <laughs> that was Lou. You can be my darling too. Thank you, Tamsin. <laughs> oh, hold on, I'm feeling left out now. Hold on. <laughs> this is Gary. Hi, <laughs> Gary. Hello. Okay, so uh, Tamsin, thanks ever so much for, for letting us contact you tonight. We're just talking about Derek. You have opposing views to Denise. What were your te- what was your take on it? Um, I just. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the way that it portrayed old people. It, it kind of gave them a bit of um, dignity, I think. Um, I'm not sure what she opposed in the first place, so I don't know how to answer that. Well, she what, likes to moan, as you know. But, so if you could yes, just, I do know. If yes. you could just sum up your you, main she moan. Did, she didn't like. 
she didn't like Gervais, did she? She didn't think he was funny. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that he was right. I don't have a problem with Ricky Gervais generally. I, I liked The Office, um, extras. I could um, I could take that or leave it. Um, Life is too short. Got better towards the end, but I can see why people were upset about it. The whole Mongate thing didn't yeah. didn't really um, enamour me to him, but. I don't. I you know. I gave it a fair chance. I, I stuck it on, hoping that, that I would enjoy it because Luke did. And generally, did you find it moving, Tamsin? Did you find it moving? I did. Yes. Yes. I think I was. I was talking to Denise about it, saying that my my granny was in a home, and you know, have a view that when people are old, they they're not worth anything. And I, I think he captured that quite well, and made you think about it that's what i felt i feel like like we've we've all met we've all perhaps seen a derek and met a derek Uh, i don't think there was any poking fun there i don't i don't i don't don't think there was any poking fun i don't think it was look ricky gervais does a does a turn on the disabled it didn't didn't occur to me at one it may have occurred to me when i read the premise in the listings but once it started I, i i knew it wasn't going to be like that there's news to this week that he may have written a whole series. Do you think you'd watch a whole series, Tamsin? Um, I, what else could he get out of it? What what other things could happen? I don't, I don't know if I would. I, to be honest, I'd start it and see how it went. Um, it's not funny, and the slapstick bits where you know he sits on the custard and he falls in the pond actually made me cringe. I really didn't enjoy that. How much did you pay for that tie-in there, Luke? You know the custard scene and the custard. I, well, dog, we right? spoke about it at lunch. <laughs> he was going to fall into blamange, and I said, "No, that's far too seventies." Um, comedy. Yeah. I I haven't seen it, but I, I mean, I'm aware of Ricky's work, and obviously this isn't the first time he's touched on these things. I mean, he he's made various references in his stand-up shows to, and as you say, the Mon comment. And didn't didn't isn't Ash Italia one of the right one of the producers on the office in a wheelchair? And he made yes, a, he's got a spina bifida and. Uh, and he's made whole jokes about that at his expense, but he's been fine with it. Mm. So I think, he's obviously I think with Derek, I think the public are more more worried about how they should feel about it. Yes. That's where the problem comes. And I think if you just watch it, imagine it was a documentary. You'd watch it and enjoy it. It's because you th- you think it's supposed to be a comedy that some people find awkward. I think. But, um, yeah, if it was a documentary, I wouldn't have a problem with it because it's real. But it's, I think it's, I just think it's deliberately, I know, you know, all shows, all shows that uh, manipulate, uh, manipulating you to feel something. Yeah. But I just felt like went over the top just a little bit. Actually, in the first episode, I just thought it was a bit too much. I really appreciate you coming on, Tamsin, and I not not only do I appreciate you coming on, but I appreciate you having the same views as me. Yay! <laughs> and uh, if Tanise is ever ill, or I decide I don't like her, then having another lady that begins with TA would be really helpful for the podcast. So uh, do Fabulous. keep my information handy. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Thanks for ringing in. Thanks, Bye. 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 That was Bye. Tamsin. Tanisha's friend. We will talk more. This is the Custard TV podcast. We're going to play some ads because we're in the business, and then we'll come back. Uh, we'd love to hear your. We've already got our, our Twitter uh, feeds open. If you'd like to get in touch with either of us 
on the subject of Derek, or if there's something you want to say uh, that you feel just just can't be ignored tonight, then uh, at Luke Custard TV, Tanise is Tanise underscore, and Gary's is really complicated. The underscore Gary underscore show. <laughs> I've never heard you, your radio you, voice so often. I know. Use the hashtag Custard TV blog. And we'll be right back. This is the Custard TV Podcast. This is the Custard TV Podcast. So far tonight, we've talked about Derek, and we're still going to talk about Titanic and Double the Voice this weekend. But first, Gary wants to chat, and as he hasn't said anything, I think it's only fair. <laughs> it's only fair to let me rant away. Well... I- I'm, I'm on this show as some sort of an American TV expert. I use that two minutes loose, loosest sense. Um, but uh, really the combination of what's going on in America and how it translates to the UK is my main sort of interest. And watching a lot of American television is what I do. Um, one of the things I've been watching is Game of Thrones, which started recently on Sky Atlantic and shows in HBO in America. Uh, Luke, you, you kind of thought the ratings were falling, but my research shows that you're completely wrong. Oh, wouldn't be the first time. Ooh. Um, 3.9 million people watched episode one in America, and it only fell to 3.8 million for episodes two and three. And the good news is that series three has already been commissioned. Do, do you um, know what the good news is? Yeah. The good news is I'm not completely wrong, because when I inferred to the uh, ratings dropping, I was inferring to the Sky Atlantic ratings rather than ah, the American well, ratings. So, see, I actually think that, that whole comment from both you and Denise, who have known each other for a shorter time, should really stop <laughs> ganging up on me and just listen when I talk. Stop taking up Gary's time. Oh, blimey, and it all right. Right, now, okay. Now, the fact that Series 3 has been commissioned is good news for them and for us. There are, I believe, about six or seven big books, and I think, Luke, you said you had trouble picking one up off a shelf once. Uh, because it was I did. so large. I had to have several people help me, <laughs> which is good. And there's like, I mean, if you've if you've not watched Game of Thrones, think about Lord of the Rings the series with a lot more gore and realism, uh, and not so many dwarves, but lots of dragons. Um, <laughs> that's the world's worst review ever, but it it works. Uh, a couple of shows starting very soon in the UK. One of which is a Swedish and Danish collaboration called The Bridge. If you're a fan of The Killing or Borgen or Wallander. You'll love this. It's about a murder that takes place on a bridge that connects Sweden and Denmark. And if you think of Sweden and Denmark as, I don't know, England and Scotland, America and Canada, countries that coexist but no... Chaz and Dave! Chaz and Dave, (laughs) fish and chips, uh, uh, (laughs) Bodger and Badger, um, one of the two Ronnies. Uh, And so the the two teams, the the murder gets investigated by a Swedish police officer and a Danish police officer. Uh, ten episodes, if you're not good with subtitles, maybe you won't be good with this, but it's well worth pursuing. Big ratings in, in those both those countries and highly recommend. It starts on BBC Four this Saturday at nine o'clock with two episodes, which is always good. You kind of with these kind of subtitle shows, you really need to invest in it early. So two episodes is a really good way of doing that. Why is this, why is d- uh, Danish crime the, the the current thing? I think it's just because A it's so well made. Um, you know, it's it's got a, a very good feel. I mean, Denmark is quite uh, Denmark and Sweden, both such scarce countries. You know, lots of open areas, rain soaked. I mean, one of the things about the killing was the, the, the sort of Danish version was just how dank and horrible it looked. 
um, and, and made a little sort of like life. Some of it was shot in Essex, pressing. though, wasn't it? <laughs> I believe so. Just, just outside the Sugar Hut, uh, for fans yes. of Towie there. Have either of you seen any of those shows, any of the killing or anything like that? Um, I'd like to say I have because I think if you're watching television in 2011, 2012, you should have, but I haven't. Right. Um, and that's not that's just because. I haven't had the opportunity to. I know there's been a US remake that people say wasn't, you know, shouldn't even be compared, but that's all that I could have seen and I avoided that. But yeah. Does the sub is the subtitle something that you struggle with in the first couple of minutes? I I, I because, think it's because I I find when I've got subtitles, I I end up reading it and and missing the um what's going on on the screen. I think it changes what you can do because I think when you're watching television, normally shows you can kind of distract yourself. You can go onto Twitter, you can, you know, do other things. When it's when it's subtitles, you really have to concentrate. This is not a show to watch if you're not going to actually invest in it. So mm. I think I think that's what that's what I would say about subtitles. It, it, it's not hard to follow, but it, it's difficult to do other things as well. And you wanted to talk about Awake as well. Yeah, Awake, uh, a, a highly sort of decorated American show that was had lots of promise when it first came out, um, has been given a UK broadcaster, broadcaster also on Sky Atlantic that we talked about earlier. Uh, but the problem is, don't really get too attached to it because I don't think it's going to get a full series or a second series in America because it's had very bad ratings. It's it's about stars Jason Isaacs, nice British connection there, and as well a cop, done. well he, done for he, getting him cast so we can talk about him. That's right. Uh, so that we can invite him on the show. Um, yes. about, it's about a cop who, who either loses his son or his wife, depending on what his waking state is. So it, he's obviously schizophrenic. In one life, he thinks his wife died. In another life, he thinks his son died. Yeah. So, and it sounds can I just great. say that's not schizophrenia. That's uh, multiple personality. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Dr. Denise. There, um, goes the, there goes the total woman again. Uh, <laughs> Have we still got Have we still got Tamsin on the line? These these, these token no. women that you keep talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you um, haven't saved up your tokens. Well, that's right. Uh, how, how can I redeem? <laughs> Back of the cereal box. <laughs> oh, it remind. This is completely opposite. But I saw um, on Channel Five last night there was a program about I hate 1995, um, yes, which was one of these very kind of badly put together shows, talking head shows. But one thing that reminded me was about Pogs. Which were like tokens. Yes, I had pogs. Yeah, I had pogs. So there you are. <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is a podcast. This is a podcast, not a podcast. Sorry, I'm not a podcast. And the last thing that I wanted to discuss was a new television show called Smash, which is being deemed a grown-up version of Glee. Which also starts on Sky Atlantic. Damn it, I need Sky I need Sky Atlantic. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Antic, it seems. Uh, uh, it also starts this Saturday at 9 o'clock, so get and those DVRs. Music, it's another down. musical drama, isn't it? This one. Yes, it's based around a Broadway production about Marilyn Monroe. It stars a couple of couple of cool people. It stars Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, Angelica Houston from Houston, uh, and for the <laughs> British viewers, Jack Davenport, who, who yeah, was, who was in *This Life* and *Pirates of the Caribbean*. Yeah. So uh, something for you British viewers to get used to. I mean, Glee started off at a big rate pace. I don't think it's quite kept up the the, the, the sort of frenzy that it had when it started. So I don't quite know how, I don't quite know how the, the, the a, a, a similar show will will feature. I'd be interested because Tanisha, you like Glee. Um, yeah, I haven't watched it for a while because um, the the series link on my uh, B plus box seems to have disappeared, so I haven't watched it for a while, um, which is a shame. Um, so yeah, if I had Sky Atlantic, I would watch it, but I don't, so I won't. So, I will most likely find the first episode uh, from my Uncle Don. Um, and, uh, and that's not a euphemism of any kind, is it? No, no, yeah, it's the pirate. No. Going to go and see my Uncle Don. My Uncle Don. Uh, and uh, and I'll, I'll talk about it on another show so that we can get some insight to it. Um, I mean, the problem is, is that it tends to be whenever America gets a, a sort of like a, a, a fad, a, a, you know, things they are on to, when they start producing the sort of the spin-offs, the spin-offs aren't always as good. I mean, Glee was good in that first year. Some people still like it. It's obviously still got good viewing figures. But are people going to watch spin-off shows or, you know, recreate I've heard shows? I have heard good things about Smash. Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't rely so heavily on the whole high school aspect of things, which means that the demographic might be a bit wider. But we'll see. I think, I think especially when it comes to Sky Atlantic, it'll be interesting to see... Yeah, what the Glee viewers think of it, and I think for Virgin users, Sky Atlantic and Virgin need to do a deal because I think they need, you know, it, it, you know, not only because of me, but I think obviously if they want to start getting out there and getting these sort of programs, getting a buzz about them, you know, people aren't going to switch from Virgin to Sky all the time. They need to do a deal between the two to get it on there. Isn't Mad Men on uh, Sky Atlantic? Yeah, Mad Men on Sky Atlantic. I, I heard they're losing a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the the interesting um, thing about Mad Men, the interesting thing about Mad Men is it's it's done the opposite to what everybody thought. Pe- people were raving about Mad Men, and when I say people, I mean mm. critics. Uh, yes. have been absolutely raving about Mad Men, and the pe- the people have spoken and they've tuned in and gone, no, it's all right, it's not too great, it's it's a little bit on the dull side. Um, the problem is, I think, I think, isn't this like the fourth or fifth series? It's yes. very unusual to buy a show that's kind of must be near the end of its life. You could understand buying a show for after its first series, you know, like 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 Sky did with Lost, where they bought it after one year sure. on Channel Four, or or like when they did the same with Prison Break, or twenty, you know, Sky and Twenty Four. But to buy a show in its fifth series in order to buy viewers to get Sky Atlantic didn't really seem quite a good plan to me. Let's talk about something that that's really taken off in the ratings, and that is the voice. That is just unstoppable at the moment. Um, yeah. Tanise, at your workplace, do they talk about the voice? Is it something that everybody's talking about? Do you get the impression? Um, 
No, actually, not really. But then it's not the most conducive atmosphere to, to chatting. So, um, and I'm I'm quite new, so perhaps. Are there no water the coolers? Yeah. Are there no water for, coolers that you can hang around and talk about? No, sadly uh, not. Uh, for people who don't realise, Denise actually works as a lion tamer. So, I, actually, my question was perhaps a bit misplaced. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it is unstoppable. It's it's some statistic like it's the best performing entertainment series for the BBC in, in about ten years. And I know, Tanise, you found it boring. Have you stuck with it? Um, I watched... Um, I watched um, the most recent one. I didn't watch the one beforehand. Um, and I know you've written um, about it today, um, oh, but I still find it boring. I don't really like it, to be honest. My my dad's very keen. Um, I think he likes the purity of it and the fact that they're all good singers. Um, but for me, it, I just I just find it very um, egotistical. It's it's more about the judges. Oh, see, I, I would yes, disagree he... about that because because I think that. Well, no, I, I can kind of see the point. I think the judges do do have a certain influence. Can I just I make? Can I allow you to call them coaches as well, not judges? That's, oh. the, that's the thing they want to stipulate. All right, coaches. I, yeah. think, All right. I think the thing is that the thing about the coaches is over the weeks I've actually come to like Will I Am. There's Whereas a shocker the for of all se- of us. Because at the beginning of the series, I thought, I, you know, he'd been on the X Factor once and he's a bit of a pretentious American. And actually, no, he's got a very dry sense of humour. He's very self-deprecating at times, which I like. I mean, British humour is all about that. And and he's very quick and witty. I'm not suggesting I want to date him or anything. I'm just suggesting that I'd like him. Uh, so, this is only the first podcast, but you've set your ambitions high for next week. You want Sky Atlantic and you want to go out on a date with Will I Am. <laughs> what if you don't ask for these things? You never get. <laughs> Can I also add that I'd like to date Danny Minogue? Just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm yeah. just putting it out. You have to queue up after Simon Cowell. Well, yeah. Oh, goodness me. Well, and also speaking of Simon Cowell, I mean, the voice is no longer going to overlap with Britain's Got Talent, but the interesting aspect of the voice is now sort of finished. Now they've they've picked the teams, and what happens next is the chairs stay facing forward, they go into battle rounds, and then it becomes a singing competition, which is something we've seen a lot of. Are people? Are we still going to be talking about this next week? Are people still going to be tuning in? Tanise, will you be more or less interested when it becomes a singing competition? I think I'd be more interested, actually. I mean, one criticism I do have about The Voice that isn't just I don't like it is that they... they um, It's a bit of a... Um, it's a bit difficult for the coaches because um, they've only got ten, so they can choose... You know, they've got to play a bit of a game. Do they hold off and not choose so many near the beginning or do they choose them all up front? Um, You know, some of those people are at an unfair um, disadvantage because they've come along and they're they're nine out of ten, you know, Mm. the the coaches. So um, I think it will be more interesting because they'll have a fairer chance this time round of being chosen. I don't know. I think I think what people are liking is the swivel chairs. I mean, I've seen the ratings for The Voice. I don't know if the, the sales of swivel chairs have rocketed as much as the <laughs> ratings have. But, but I, I don't know. I think I think I think I'm going to be less interested once this once the singing starts. I have to be honest with that. But I'm very glad that that uh, it's taken off because it, it was a huge risk for. 
for for the BBC to do. They haven't had a successful reality show for a long time. And, and Gary, you know, as far as Britain's Got Talent goes, is it? Mm-hmm. It's not bad this year, is it? But it's getting overshadowed. I think it's getting overshadowed, and I think some of the newspapers have been saying that Simon Cowell's getting a little bit desperate. You know, he's been bringing in European talent to sort of bolster the thing. I think when we get down to the live shows, I think Britain's Got Talent, because I mean, Ant and Decoroy is very good on the live shows. You know, they're very good on live television. And I think at that point, the nation begins to sort of start to follow and love the, the contestants they love. You know, the dog act was particularly good. Some of the dancing groups were, were, were very, very good. When you say dog act, do you actually mean midget in a suit? Because that dog was incredible. Yeah, I I did think that at some point. I mean, the dog looked amazing. You know, it looked very realistic uh, as a dancer. (laughs) I mean, it did. I mean, at some point. It looked just like a dog. Yeah. You know, well, it looked like a dog from like, I mean, it looked like Lassie. It had like perfectly groomed hair. Groomed, not groomed. Uh, And it, it just seemed to be like the perfect family pair. I like the idea that the dog found it. I think the dog will compete on Strictly later on in the year. (laughs) (laughs) I could just, you know, Len Goodman said, Here's a dancing dog. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Speaking of dogs, Denise. um, (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. I have to work on the segue. Sorry. I have to work on the segue. Rewrite. No, all right. No, I had to do a segue. I've just realised I can't edit this either. Um, you you did a very helpful thing for me this week. You went through the listings and you list you looked at everything that had the word Titanic in the title. I did. Um, Which is huge because there's found... so much on. No, not much, not much. We had uh, Titanic with Len Goodman, Titanic yeah. 100 Mystery Solved, Titanic 2. Titanic Mysteries with Bernard Hill. Titanic a Commemoration... Oh, no, my computer's gone. Oh, oh no, no. Okay. Titanic A Commemoration in Music and Film. Titanic Place Closed. Titanic A Tale of Two Journeys. Titanic Birth of a Legend. Titanic The Julian Fellows Thing. Um, Titanic Saving the Titanic. Um, the 1997 film and every other film made about... What was and that of course, called? Titanic 2D. Um, so yes, there's been a lot of Titanic stuff. Too much um, Titanic we... stuff, and I'm hoping now it's all finished with. I but... think we're awash with Titanic programs. Oh, brilliant! So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's uh, the uh, first uh, one. Well done to you for getting one. the first one in. Welcome um, to Titanic Bung Bingo. If you're holding yes. your cards now, be prepared to share shout house when you when you hear Luke deliver the ninth and final one. <laughs> it'll it'll be coming. So why well, do you the think the problem is Go on. It gives it gives people the opportunity to trot out this joke. I don't know if you've heard this one. Oh here we go. Uh, Second one on mark it down. Are you gonna let me do it or not? Go on, I wanna do it. I'm just building up the suspense of it. Name your iPod Titanic. Plug it into the computer. It will say Titanic is sinking. Press cancel and oh. feel like a hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So That's I the don't second know how one. How many times I have seen that tweet on Twitter, but it but makes I don't know. me want to delete every every tweet I've ever made. But have you realised that they don't that mean sinking? will get unfollowed by me. I can say that for definite. 
Um, but let's just talk very, very briefly. We know the, the Julian Fellows version has been a massive failure. It's sunk without trace. It's hey, a, it, number two. it was a sinking ship before it even started because the idea was that uh, you meet these people and then they, they, they hit the iceberg, but then it flashes back again each episode. And the director or the producer came out this week and said, I take full responsibility for that. It's my fault. That was my idea, to keep telling the story over and over. I mean, you can't blame ITV for, for buying it because Julian Fellows did so well with Downton Abbey around the world. But would you have commissioned it if, if you'd have had the opportunity. Yeah, because a hundred years is a fairly, it's a fairly big thing to sort of market by. I mean, I think, I don't think they would have expected this kind of like this overflow of television about the Titanic to be on British TV. I think they probably thought, we'll put out this series, there'll be the, there'll be a few things on there, but we'll own this, you know, this is where people will come. But it's just been, you know, it's been an absolute, a, a mass of, of, of programmes. We're drowning I mean, in Titanic. Absolutely drowning in Titanic information. Uh, I mean, man, the lifeboats. We need to get out of that. Dear. I, I don't actually understand why people seem so obsessed with, with watching um, things like this. I mean, it's a bit, of a bit of a tangent. But why do people enjoy films that focus on real-life death and destruction of lives? I mean, I don't watch films or, or, or too many programmes about things like 9-11 for this reason. I just, mm. I feel like it's cashing in on, on tragedies and it, it makes me sad. I can understand the historic significance for, for, for those whose um, relatives died in these, um, in these tragedies, but it just seems, um, I don't know, quite morbid. But, but time has passed now, I mean, a hundred years. I don't think yes. anybody is alive who was on the Titanic. Yes, there are oh, no. people who, whose parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. But, I mean, think about this. I mean, there, you know, there have been war, films made about First World War, Second World War, Vietnam War. They're very popular. Some of them very, very good. You know, Saving Private Ryan, Apocalypse Now. Great films that have been made about tragedies like that. And I think, you know, there, there was a whole thing in the 70s, wasn't there, about disaster movies. You know, Towering Inferno and the thing, The Poseidon Venture, which were very Titanic. I mean, Poseidon Venture is very Titanic-like, isn't it? Mm. Um, people like real life. You know, the, the, the sort of increase in reality shows have shown that, that the viewing public likes something they can relate to. And real life is relatable. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I just... Maybe it's just me. It's just the idea of drowning scares the hell out of me. But yeah. did it fa- did it fail because of that idea of of taking it back every week, starting fresh? That's the failure with Titanic, I think. I think it could have worked if it had been um, more inventive. You know, less um, less showing about the actual. I mean, I, I have to admit, I've only seen the one. I've seen bits of the others. Um, but I think it could have worked. It, it's an interesting storytelling uh, technique, and it, you know, people do authors use it in books. Um, the idea that you retell a story from various points of view, and there's a film uh, called Run R- Lola Run, which is excellent, which is based on this idea, and a, a Simpsons episode <laughs> has done it. There's um, an excellent, if, excellent film called Vantage Point that does the same thing as well. Retail. That irritated so, me. That film. And, and an it. And an excellent TV series that not many people have heard about called Boomtown, uh, which was the same story told from four or five different perspectives. 
which was very similar. I just think it was a flawed idea, and it's it's now over in the States. ABC are playing it on a Saturday night. Saturday night for American television, they may as well have put it on at four in the morning. Saturday night television yeah. is, is dead in America. It's not relevant. And uh, I think ABC only bought it because Downton did so well on their public stations in the States. But really, we'll call Titanic a failure. Let's have one more Titanic pun, and then we'll go to a break. I, I think regarding anything to do with Titanic, it just gives me that sinking feeling. That'll do. That'll do, Pete. This is the Custard TV Podcast. If you are tuning in to the Custard TV Podcast, I thank you. I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, and we're now going to cross over to Denise for a look at the, the week in soaps. Actually, I don't know if it is, but that's the exciting bit. I don't know what she's going to say. Yes, I'm going to talk about serial dramas, as uh, Bill Roach said on uh, Piers Morgan's Life Stories, because he doesn't like the term soaps. So I'm going to start off with EastEnders. Um, I'm going to try and keep it as current as possible. I want to know how long they string out the Ben, Shirley, Heather storyline. Um, I'd really like to see the end of Ben. I want to see him locked up in prison for the end of his days. Um, he's completely without nuance um, and lacking any redeeming features. Um, the old Ben before this new character, uh, this new uh, actor came in was was quite sweet, but ultimately brooding, dark, and malevolent. But this Ben is just evil through and through. He's a two D character um, that's probably uh, universally hated. I don't think I've ever seen a character with less heart. He's really unsubtle, and you can't help but wonder what they'll do with his character now um, that he's he's killed Heather. Um, if you were to argue in his favour, it could only be that he's just being bad to get his father's attention but even that's really badly acted in my opinion and overly obvious but then subtlety was never the Mitchell family's biggest strength uh, moving on to Coronation Street last night saw the goodbye for Bessie Driver and her hot pot behind the bar um, of the Rovers return she was a well loved character um, and it was a very gentle episode bit filler bit filler material um, there was a non-story over where Betty was going to be buried. Would it be near her son in London or up north with her Cyril? Um, it gave me an opportunity to see her son, uh, whose name <laughs> sadly escapes me. Can you stop laughing at me? <laughs> did you just use the? Did you just use the phrase with her Cyril? With her Cyril, that's her husband's name. Shush. Not Cyril. So, so, <laughs> Cyril, not Cyril. Cyril. Let's not go back to the serial. It gave me an opportunity to see her son, whose name just completely escapes me. I'd only missed ten minutes of it while I put my dinner on, and then I came back <laughs> Cyril to, Junior. to find to find what appeared to be an established character speaking to Norris, Rita, Emily, and Co. Um, so that was confusing, and I said, "You know, who's this?" I love Coronation Street more um, as I get older. It's got a lot of comedy with you've got Steve and Tracy at Loggerheads along with David and Carly. Um, and of course, my beloved Norris. I love Norris and Mary a lot. I think the fact that she's clearly besotted with him and he's very irritated by her is quite heartwarming. And I love his nosiness and general delight um, when things go wrong and it makes me giggle. Um, and I'll just finish by saying they recently brought back Terry Duckworth. We should get interesting since we've got no real nasty character anymore in Corrie, but I don't want him to become like Ben. 
Um, villains simply must have redeeming qualities to be realistic. You've got to like at least something about them. Neither Corey's Terry nor EastEnders Ben are eye candy, so they need to bring something more to the table. Thanks Wait so much. I remember, I remember Terry Duckworth. I think the last time I watched Coronation Street was when he left. Yes, <laughs> then now would be a good now would be a good turn for you to join in. Okay, just some quick feedback on Twitter. Titanic didn't do anything new and bored people. That's why they tuned out. Um, somebody else says they tend to to they only bought Titanic because of Julian Fellows and uh, ITV thought it would knock Silent Witness in the ratings, which it didn't. If you've got in touch with the podcast tonight, we really appreciate it, and we'll be back next week to do virtually the same thing with different shows. Um, just very quickly, Louis Theroux has a documentary about autism called Extreme Love on Thursday at 9 o'clock. Gary, do you like Louis Theroux? I do, I, and I think I, I work with people with learning disabilities, uh, which, so I should be very clear. And the following week he's talking about dementia, so yes, two areas is. which, which I, I work with people with those areas, so Brilliant. be good That'll to see what he does about those. Okay, fantastic. And Tanise Grandma's house is back at 10 o'clock after Louis Theroux. Do you, did you watch the first series? Um, I glanced at it for about half an hour, decided it was pants and turned off, but I will give it another go. It was sec- rubbish. Well, the second series, they've worked on it hard. The first series was in 2010, um, and this is obviously 2012. They worked hard on the script. It's warm, it's funny, it's quite genuine. I really enjoyed it, and uh, that's something to watch after Louis Theroux. <laughs> I realise how much of a quiz show I'm going to sound. We have... 40 seconds to big ourselves up. So, oh. if you want to get in touch with me, uh, lukeinthecustard at gmail.com is my email address, or lukecustardtv on Twitter. And Gary? Uh, my email, garyredrup at hotmail.com, or you can Twitter me at the underscore Gary underscore show. And, and uh, I'm at Denise um, underscore um, get me on Twitter. There so we go. Email me. So, <laughs> all right. So, email if you want... we'll forward it on. Don't yeah, worry. we'll pass it on if she gives us if she gives us her email address. Um, right then, the Plaster TV podcast. We'll be back next week. I've been Luke. He's been Gary, and uh, Tanise has been Tanise. Take care. We'll catch you next week at the same time. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.